extraordinary things for us today. How many of you uh, would allow me to minister to you and you would open up your heart to me? How, would, you, would you be willing to, to trust your pastor and, and say, you know, there must be something, you know, I've been, we've been, we, this isn't our first service that we've ever done, just by the way. I, we, we've been at this for a very long time, almost 40 years in the, in the full-time traveling ministry. Like I said, 10 years with Brother Hagen, almost 30 years on our own. And uh, we've learned a couple things in the last, how many of you believe you've learned something in the last 10 years, 20 years, 30 years? You, you've learned some things. How many of you know or you believe that there's, there's much more to learn? Yes. And uh, we're, we're trusting God continually for further revelation, yeah. that he would open up our understanding and that we will see and we'll know some things we didn't know before. It's amazing how you can know something or have heard something and, and uh, then the Lord can just, in your own quiet time, just bring some light to something and all of a sudden you're able to live differently with a whole different change of attitude, heart, mind, and you're able to move forward um, where maybe you were just a little stuck in an area. I believe that there's revelation here today. Uh, Matter of fact, the thing I'm going to be talking about here in just a moment is how to activate the anointing of God on your life, how to activate the anointing. It's one thing to be anointed. It's another thing to know how to cooperate and activate the anointing. Is anybody here interested in activating the power of God in your own life? Anybody? You sign up for that class? All right. But um, so I, 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 we have, con, do you know what I mean by connecting the dots? You know, that, 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 that phrase. Um, over the last two or three years, did you ever have one of those coloring books when you were in grade school where there was dots and numbers? And then you connected the dots. And then once you connected the dots, you realized, oh, now I see it. It's a bunny rabbit. You ever do that in grade school? And then you get out the coloring crayons and you start coloring it your favorite color. Well, sometimes you have to connect dots in the Word of God. There's a lot of things that when they start coming together, then you start seeing a picture more clearly. I, I'm believing, I'm trusting God for utterance today to help you connect some dots. And they're powerful. And they will assist you in this life. So the other day, um, I was uh, coming back from uh, actually getting a massage. How many of you believe that's a godly thing? <laughs> and I must have been real relaxed, not thinking about anything. And all of a sudden, this just came up in my spirit. Here's what the Lord spoke to me, and I wrote it down. He said, most of the time, people come to me into my presence with shame and regret for some sin in their life. What grieves me or disappoints me more than sin, and let me just throw this in there when we say sin, you know, for born-again believers... Sin is usually just works of the flesh. Sometimes it comes from an unrenewed mind. And they're just works of the flesh because the real person that you are in God would never want to displease the Lord. The love of God that's in you, the person that God has called you to be and has equipped you to be, you know, they're, they're spirit, soul, and body. And, uh, you know, we have to put our flesh under. Isn't that right? Because our flesh, it speaks loudly sometimes. Your flesh has a voice. Your body has a voice. And so when we talk about here, I, I just wanted to inject that when we, I talk about sin. I'm just talking about living carnal, not, not sinful things, but just not doing things on a supernatural level. There's a whole nother life in God that... God is inviting us to come up into. But, but here, what the Lord was saying was, too many times people come with shame and, and regret in their heart. They can't even enter, enter into his presence. You know, the Bible says in uh, Hebrews to come boldly unto the throne of grace, to obtain mercy. Now, mercy is where God will treat you better than you deserve. How many of you are, are, are you... How many of you are glad you're not going to get what you deserve? God will treat you better than you deserve. 
Now, if you don't have revelation on that, that ought to get both hands and both feet praising God in the air. I'm glad I'm not going to get what I deserve. God said in his mercy, I'm going to treat you better than, than you deserve. So he goes on to say here, the Lord spoke to my spirit this. What disappoints me more than sin is a lack of awareness of who they are in me. What disappoints him is his people having a lack of awareness of who they are in me and who I am in them. You know, uh, two generals that I had uh, the opportunity in my life to uh, have wonderful fellowship with, and that was Kenneth Hagin and Dr. Ed Dufresne. Now, some of you, you know, long-termers here that's been around for some time, you probably remember when Dr. Nancy, uh, uh, Nancy and Dr. Ed Dufresne had minister here. Brother Hagin said, I think it's the first time that he had an open vision, and the Bible talks about having open visions, where your eyes are open, but you're not seeing like what you would normally see. You're seeing in the spirit realm with your eyes open. And Jesus appeared to him, and when Jesus appeared to Brother Hagin, he fell on Jesus' feet. He just fell down, face planted at Jesus' feet, and he said to Jesus, he says, I'm so unworthy to look upon your face. And, you know, you would think Jesus would take that as like, oh, I see your humility. I, I see your love for me, and give him a hug. But it actually ticked Jesus off, Brother Hagin said. And Jesus looked at Brother Hagin with a firm voice, and Brother Hagin said, and with fire shooting out of his eyes, he says, stand upright on your feet. He said, for I've made you worthy by my blood. And Brother Hagin continued to get further light on who he was in Christ. And to this day, I, I remember Brother Hagin said, the number one thing every born-again believer needs to find out about is who they are in Christ. Because there's great power and authority for you to dominate the sin of the flesh that wants to rule and reign your life. And uh, then Dr. Ed Dufresne, one of his encounters where he went to heaven, he said when he went to heaven, he says, there was such an overwhelming awareness of people's confidence and their security that they had in Jesus. That it exposed it. It, it, it exposed all of his insecurities. He said, people, when he got to heaven, they were so aware of their union with Jesus. They were so aware that they had been made righteous by the blood. There was such an absolute confidence and resting in their relationship with Jesus. He said, it completely exposed his insecurity. And so today, I want to I just reach to you, and I want to pull you up higher. You know, when we approach God, when we come to that throne of grace to obtain mercy, to find grace, and to help in time of need, you know what? It's, it's when you're in trouble, you need the most trust that you're not coming to him based upon your past record, your performance, and who you are in yourself. The Bible says your righteousness is as filthy rags. But thank God that God said through the bloodshed of Jesus, he went and he obtained an eternal redemption for you, and Jesus became sin so that you would become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus that gives you the ability to stand in the presence of God without fear or without shame as though sin never existed. That's what you receive when you receive his righteousness in place for your own performance of righteousness with your own works and what you have done and not done. There was a pastor that had one of his church members that came to him and said, Pastor, I can't come to church anymore. I can't come to church on Sunday. He, this pastor goes, why not? He said, well, he goes, I can't stand hypocrites. 
He goes, what are you talking about? He goes, well, I can't stand hypocrites. He goes, I become the very thing that, that I hate. He said, me and the guys on Friday night, we've been gambling and, you know, drinking and, you know, living like fools. And he said, uh, you know, I've been doing this every Friday night with the, with the buddies. He said, and then I come to church and want to lift my hands to God. He said, I'm a hypocrite. And the pastor said something to him that really kind of surprised him. He goes, well, you're right about one thing. You are a hypocrite. He said, but you're a hypocrite on Friday nights, not on Sunday morning. He said, the real you is the one on Sunday morning with your hands in the air, having confidence in God to approach his, his throne of grace to receive what God said belongs to you. He goes, the hypocrite you are is on Friday, not on Sunday morning. He goes, come on and go to church and be the real person you were meant to be. So uh, today, I want to invite you, if the devil has beaten you up, trying to harass you, you know, the Bible says there is therefore now, Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but who walk after the Spirit. That doesn't mean that you do everything so spiritual. That just means you're aware of and you acknowledge and you have received the finished work of the cross, and that is now you're walking your life in acceptance of your righteousness is because of him, not because of you. Hallelujah. Praise God. God bless you. You're dismissed. Amen. No, I'm just... That was all pretty good right there. Uh, okay, well, wh why don't we get after it? Are you glad you're here? Praise the Lord. Why don't you turn, if you, if you would, in your Bibles to... Uh, Revelation chapter 12, let's get into activating the anointing. You know, the reason why I shared all those things I just shared with you is because God wants us to, to do more for the kingdom. He wants to do more in our lives. He wants to do more through you and your life. And uh, you know what? If the devil continues to harass and intimidate and oppress and bring condemnation to you, and you're not really embracing the grace of God. That's his empowerment on your life to walk free from sin, to walk in the righteousness of God. Then you know what? The devil will have one. He will have one. And then you would get to heaven and you think, you know, like, you mean I could have participated and seen you do so much more. He goes, absolutely. And uh, I mean, thank God when we get to heaven, we're going to have all, all the, the shades off of our eyes taken off. You know, the Bible says, though, we look through a glass darkly. You know, right now, there's, there's certain things we're not seeing. But let's believe God that he's showing us and that we're seeing. When Jesus left, he goes, there's many things I, I want to say to you, but you're not able to receive them. You know, he said that right before he left. That must have been an interesting thing for the disciples here. There's many things I, I, I would really like to tell you, but um, he didn't just end there. He goes, but I'm going to send back the Holy Ghost, and he's going to show you, and he's going to speak to you. Well, if someone's showing, we ought to be seeing. If someone's speaking, we ought to be hearing. Amen. That's good. So um, did you find Revelation chapter 12? Yeah. Look what it says here. It says in verse 11, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Everyone say the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives unto death. They were willing even for the sake of the gospel because of their strong conviction in what they believed and who they believed in. They were willing to even give up their life. You know, we're in a, a really interesting time right now where we're having to... Um, uh, manage the wisdom of man, but take a stand for the kingdom of God. And, uh, you know, we've been told all kinds of things, what are facts? And the facts seems to constantly change. But thank God that the truth of the word of God never changes. Truth trumps facts. You know, and, uh, but what happened here was there was a war in heaven. If you, if you started to read verse 7, matter of fact, let's go to, up to uh, verse 7, it says, And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought, and the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was there a place found for them in heaven any longer. 
So the great dragon was cast out, that is the devil of old, called the devil and Satan, which deceives the whole world. He was cast out to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Now, this is an open vision John had, and then he goes in verse 10, he's seeing in the spirit realm, you and I. He said, then I heard a, lo a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of the brethren. See, he, he likes to accuse. He likes to condemn. He likes to bring condemnation. He says, uh, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of the brethren who accused them before our God day and night. He's been cast down. John is seeing in the spirit realm. He's having an open vision of you and I in the year 2020. And then he said, here's how we're going to overcome. We overcome by the blood of the lamb. Everyone say the blood of the lamb. And the word of our testimony. Okay, turn if you would to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And uh, you know what? If you've been a part of this ministry for very long, you know this is a, a faith ministry. A lot of tremendous faith messages have been ministered in this church. Would you say amen to that? And there's things that Jesus said to us. I mean, you can go to the Old Testament and find out that we're satisfied by the fruit of our lips. So things that we say, although you don't necessarily see them overnight, but as you continue to speak the word, words are seeds, and when the seeds are, done, are, are, are watered and, and they're grown, they will produce a harvest. Yeah. And... Uh, Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty four says, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be, or 23 says, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea, and now doubt in his heart, but believe the things he saith shall come to pass, he'll have whatever he saith. And we, we found out that, that there's several uh, different Greek words for the word say in that verse. Now, we've heard about faith teachings for years and years and years and didn't know that there was different Greek meanings for the different says in there. And one means to build with your words, meaning just like you would build a house, you, you build a house brick by brick. So in other words, Jesus is saying is, you know, when he said, and you, he shall have whatever he saith, that just means as you continue to, to say, whatever you continue to say, you'll continue to build bricks upon bricks of your house and your future house will be built. Because, see, sometimes we, uh, we think, well, you know, I, I, I say all kinds of crazy things, and they never happened. But remember when Jesus spoke to that fig tree right there before Mark 11, when he spoke to that fig tree, within 24 hours, that fig tree had died. I think we all ought to thank God for seed, time, and harvest. Everyone say seed, time, and harvest. Aren't you glad that not everything that comes out of your mouth, you get an instant harvest on it? Now, I know you would love to have the power to experience that, that it, it, when you said something on purpose, that it would come to pass, like you need a $100,000. Wouldn't that be wonderful? But what about when you say, my back is killing me? Can you imagine if Jesus said, my back is killing me? Y'all have a great day today. My back is sure killing me. <laughs> Now, see, some of you would love to have the power of immediate words. Now, see, you'll probably never forget that, will you? But thank God for seed, time, and harvest. So for 40-plus, almost 50 years, we've been hearing some things about how to what faith is, how faith comes, how to release your faith. But it all plays into what is your testimony. You have a testimony today. Uh, particularly if you're born again. Raise your hand if you're born again. You're a child, man, woman of God. Join heirs with Jesus Christ. You have a testimony. And your testimony can never be taken from you. 
And your testimony has continual residual anointing activated ingredients in it. Your testimony, now, for instance, right here, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says, and I, brethren, Paul speaking, is the words on the, on the screen? I didn't know if they were. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. Everyone say, God has a testimony. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling and my speech. Everyone say my speech. And my preaching. Everyone say my preaching. We're not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but my speech and my preaching was with demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now, I want you to see something here, and, 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 and we're going to prove this out today, and you're going to see something. We're going to connect the dots, okay? Your speech, your speech, and any, anything you testify, you declare, you preach out of your mouth. We've already known things about how faith works, and it's, Words spoken out of your mouth that comes from your heart. But here we see, Paul said, I didn't come to you with enticing words of man's wisdom. But when I came to you, my speech and my preaching is a demonstration. But I want to say it like this. My speech, your speech, your preaching, your testimony causes demonstration and manifestation. All right. Everyone say this. My speech, my speech causes, causes. My speech, my speech causes, causes manifestations, manifestations and, demonstrations. and demonstrations. Look, if you would, to uh, Titus, the first chapter. Praise God. Things are light bulbs are going to go off here in a minute, just left and right. Titus chapter 1, verse 2, it says, In hope of eternal life, which God who cannot lie promised before time begin. Verse 3 says, But has in due time manifested his word through preaching. But has in due time manifested his word through preaching. Everyone say, God manifests his word through preaching. Demonstration and manifestations happen through preaching. Preaching in itself is a manifestation and a demonstration. And if you've ever stood behind a pulpit and you've ever preached and you ministered way beyond your own intellect, if you've ever stood behind a pulpit and, and experienced the Holy Spirit giving you unction and utterance, That's one of the most exciting things for preachers is that we have encountered that. You actually have too. You just maybe didn't realize it. Because you have a testimony and the word has been sown in your heart. Have you ever been having a cup of coffee at Starbucks or someone gave you a call and they were really going through it and you started talking to them to encourage them? And all of a sudden, there's some scriptures that you forgot you even knew. All of a sudden, there's those scriptures, and it came out of your mouth, and, and you, you surprised yourself. It's like, whoa, I actually, that, there it was. It, it, it came from somewhere, and you kind of think, you know, that didn't just come from my head. I mean, you're just kind of chucking along in the conversation, and all of a sudden, there's words. All of a sudden, you're saying something, and that person looks at you and starts tearing up and going, that's exactly what I needed to hear. Have you ever experienced that? You've experienced preaching. You just didn't know it. You've, you've experienced flowing with the Holy Ghost and didn't know that's what that was. But when the compassion of the Lord is stirred up in you, Brother Hagan told me personally in his living room, 
I asked him a, a question about casting out evil spirits, and he said this. He goes, his last statement to me was this. He said, Kevin, because I was saying, do you have to know what the spirit is? Do you have to say, could you just say, come out that unclean spirit? If you don't know what it is, if you have a healing anointing, could you minister with that anointing? And the evil spirits departed, and they were healed in their body. You know, I gave Brother Hagin multiple choice. Is that not hilarious? I actually did that. I gave Brother Hagin a multiple choice. Ted, now that's funny right there. Gave Brother Hagin a multiple choice. After he talked for 20 minutes, he said this. He said, if you'll be filled with compassion, the Holy Spirit will always lead you to know what to do. Brother Hagin linked compassion to being led by the Spirit. But there's something about when you get around someone, the Spirit of God on the inside of you wants to help people. The Spirit of God on the inside of you wants to help you reach people. And, and when you take a step of faith, when it's, you think, well, I don't know all the scriptures like I hear on Sunday. I don't, da, 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 da. And, and, but then you, you say, you know what? I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to try to help. And all of a sudden, you begin to speak. And all of a sudden, there's the words. That's what we're talking about today. In doing that, you activate the yoke-destroying power of God. In doing that, when you take a step of faith to speak, to reach out with your heart of compassion, to want to help people, reach people, comfort people, help them get through their situation, unbelievers who don't even know Jesus, and you start telling them what Jesus has done for you. How many of you are glad you're not going to hell right now and you're going to heaven? Let me, I should get a, a full response on that one. How many of you are glad you're not in a hospital right now, breathing like from some kind of a... Are you glad about that? How many of you have ever prayed and had someone agree with you, and you didn't know where the extra money that you needed was going to come from, and he came through for for you in the just... I mean, I know you would like to have had it sooner, but you're here right now, and you did not die. Does anybody have a testimony? The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Who he hath redeemed us from the enemy. He has delivered us. That's why the body of Christ through this whole last four or five months through this COVID time is is because of our great confidence in our redemption. You know, the saddest thing about this whole time during the COVID is it's been a locator where people are at. Because we found out there's a lot more part of the church. There's a, do you know that Annie and I, we're professional visitors. That's what we do. We visit churches for a living. We're professional visitors. And we, we see different levels of fear. And, and that lets us know they're not, they're not secure in their righteousness in him. And they don't know how much God loves them. Because perfect love will cast out all fear. If you know how the breadth, the length, the height, the depth of his love, he said, now unto him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could dare or ask or think according to the power that works in us. Well, that power is when you know how much God loves you, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. But if you don't know that you are complete in him, you're secure in him, that you're redeemed from sickness and disease, he'll whip you and, and cause you to have fear. You, you find out you were with someone who had COVID, and man, you're laying across your bed and have a little scratch in your throat and go, oh my God. <laughs> Is it just me or has anybody else had a little something, something go on? And the first thing in your head goes, you know what, that, that could be, this could be it. <laughs> i tell you what, you have to take those thoughts captive. But it's all about who are you in God? The Lord said to me the other day, he said, in that thing I read to you, he says, what displeases me, disappoints me, grieves me the most is not the sin that I have seen. It's the lack of awareness of who they are in me and I in them. You know, uh, uh, Galatians uh, 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live but Christ now lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
Amen. My brother, could you come here a second? I need, I need your help. Could you just stand right here, uh, right here on this second step right here? So just to give you a visual, obviously this is Visual Sunday. I'm going to, you know, show and tell. I'm not going to do any more of that falling on the ground stuff because that, that didn't feel good, by the way. But uh, no, I'm, I'm sorry you had to see that. But this is your earth suit. You know we're spirit, soul, and body. So this is the outward man. This is just the person you see. This is the body of a man. But the real person here is he is spirit, number one. He possesses a soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. So there's three parts that God has caused us to be. Body, soul, which is mind, will, and emotions. Spirit man, which is the real you. We don't have the time to go through a long Bible study, but most of you probably have understood some scriptures enough to know we are three-part being. So what God did, so, so that you see this clearly... You know, when Jesus, right before he left, he said, it's going to be better for you that I go. How many of you remember Jesus saying to the disciples, it's going to be better for you that I go? It's like, wait a minute, Jesus, could you define better? Because you're the leading prophet, you're the greatest pastor ever lived, you're the greatest teacher, evangelist, apostle, and you're telling us, we saw so many miracles, there's not enough books that can contain all the miracles that you did. Matter of fact, the halt, were, the, the, halt the maim were whole. that means if there weren't fingers, there were fingers, if there weren't toes, toes, and you're telling us it's going to be better for us that you go. So what he's saying is, I'm going away, but when I go away, I'm sending back the Holy Spirit. And as I am raised from the dead, I'm not just going to be with you anymore. I'm going to be in you. Galatians 2.20 says, here's one translation says, where it says, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but Christ liveth in me. One translation says this. It says, I now consider myself as having died, and I'm now enjoying a second existence, and that's Jesus using my body. So what Jesus did, he came up to your earth suit, and he, he did one of these numbers. He unzipped your earth suit. And then he said this, I'm moving in. He said, that was you. Pretty good, fine specimen of a man. But I'm moving in. I unzipped you. I'm stepping on the inside of you, and then I'm going to zip you back up. He said, now your hands are my hands. Now, your feet, wherever your feet go, my feet. Come on now. Are you seeing it? You getting a picture? Now, see, that's all. Thank you, my brother. Now, that's all. If we don't come into a place of getting that image and that awareness of how much godness is actually on the inside of us, we're living our life so far beneath what's potentially available to us. How far is your miracle away from you? We're trying to reach out there. I need a miracle. How far is it? Right here. You know, your prayer life could change instead of you trying to get your prayers up to reach heaven, to reach the throne of grace. If you'll realize that when Jesus was raised from the dead, he didn't just only get raised from the dead. He said he raised all of us together, raised all of us together with him, and now we're seated in heavenly places. Now, that's a new perspective of where your prayer should start from. Hallelujah. I need a praise break for just a moment. I mean, that's, that's, that's worthy of saying, God, you're so good to invite us to this place. So now it's a little easier to say things because he's living inside of you. His anointing is on the inside of you. 1 John 2, verse 20 says, You have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Your mind might might not know all things, but the Holy One... The Holy Spirit, God himself, Jesus on the inside of you, the revealer, he knows everything, and he is on the inside of you. 
Help us, Lord. When Jesus said, Jesus, he said, Jesus said, Lord, may they know we're one. Just like we're one, may they know that they are one with you just like we are one. Well, this is the Son of God, part of the Trinity, talking to his counterpart, God himself, saying, I only do what I see you do. I only say what I hear you say. There is such a oneness. There's such a completeness. And now Jesus said, this is what I offer you. This is what I offer you. And you have words in your mouth that are filled with power. And by the, the authority that Jesus has given you, because he's the high priest of your confession, when you speak, things change. You may not see them change immediately, but things are moving they are changing. Things are being activated when you speak. Right. You know, I have a testimony. When I was about nine years old, I had the worst case of allergies, the worst case of asthma a person could have. I mean, I had to have special diet. I couldn't get around a furry animal, you know. You know, kids love to pet animals, you know. If I got even close to a cat, my eyes would literally swell shut. I, my skin would break out. I had long, horrible breathing nights. My mom would, you know, rub that Vicks Vapor Rub. I don't even know if they still sell that stuff, but that's a pleasant smell all night, isn't it? That Vicks Vapor Rub, and then, you know, you know you're breathing that just to try to help your, your breathing out. You got the inhaler going, and it, it was horrible. I remember many nights I would breathe all night long like this, and I'll demonstrate one or two breaths. It was like this. I breathed all night long like that. <clears throat> One day I was in the back bedroom at our house in Florida. My mom had gone to church. She was a counselor and she was a prayer warrior. She was like a female Lester Summerall with a skirt on. <laughs> Some of you don't have a clue what that means and I'm sorry I don't have time to explain it but she was mean on devils and she was mean on unbelief. She came home, she would fast for 30 days straight, 30 days. Not like these Daniel fasts where you know you gain weight during the fast. I don't get that one myself. Now, I just said that. I don't know if you all do the Daniel fast around here. If you do, great. But I think there ought to be some for real denying your flesh when you go into a fast because yeah. something about shutting up your flesh that gets your ear sensitive to the spirit realm. And so my mom would commonly fast for 30 days. And man, when she would come out, us three brothers, we know we better be living right. Mama just fasted 30 days. She's saying things that she didn't say before. Don't mess with mama right now. You better start flying right. So she'd come out, she'd come out of that 30-day fast, and, well, she had been ministering with that anointing, and she came home, and she saw me. She came back to find me, and I was blue in the face. I was gray and blue. I was barely breathing air. She immediately reached in underneath me, laid me on the dining room table, it must have been 520, because that's when my father got home from the post office. 520. He goes, what's wrong with Kevin? And she looks at my, my, my father and said, honey, she goes, we either have to have a, a, a miracle right now, or we better rush him to the hospital. He's, he's, he's dying. Well, my parents, they want your ordinary parents. My parents, we didn't have a habit of going to the hospital every time something went wrong. And I woke up every day of my life looking across my bedroom into their bedroom, and I could see my parents every morning worshiping and magnifying God, speaking in other tongues, tears coming down their face, hands in the air, committing their life afresh for that day, 
and worshiping him for I don't know how long. Every day. So these are the kind of people I'm talking about. They are Pentecostals. They're not ashamed of the Holy Ghost and the power of God. They're not ashamed. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Whatever you're ashamed of will not be power to you. I'm not ashamed of divine healing. I'm not ashamed of the Holy Ghost. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, and neither was my parents. They, they just took a step back. And when I tell it, it's like I'm there. They said, God, either there's power in the name or there's not. Either there's power in the blood or there's not. But we know there is. And they reached out and they said, we command your body to be healed in the name of Jesus. I took this big breath of air like I had never breathed before. And I got healed at that moment. And I've never, ever had another asthma attack from that day forward. Never once. Not once, not once. Did you sense anything when I just told you that testimony? Did you, did you, did you feel, I don't, we don't go by feelings necessarily, we, we walk by faith, but did you, did you sense something rise in the room? Did you, did you feel, were, were you there? Listen to this. Your testimony is God's testimony. God's testimony is your testimony. Now follow this. Remember, we're connecting the dots this morning. Your testimony, God is the author of your testimony. Did he not do the providing when he brought you through? Did, yes. did, was it him that did it or did you do it? So you would, you would sign off on saying it was all God. So if the Bible was still being written today, is it possible because this is an act of God and it's his testimony because it's what he did? Is it possible that maybe your testimony would be written in the word? When you preach the word, God said, I confirm the word with signs falling. I watch over my word to perform it. God said, you overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of your testimony. Your testimony has continual anointing activated ingredients on it. That's good. Now there's a counterfeit to this. It's a, there's a counterfeit to this. And that is when you start talking about your past hurts. Have you noticed that when you start talking and rehearsing something that someone did to you at some point, all of a sudden the same emotions, the same feelings of hurt, all of a sudden everything that you experienced in that moment, all of a sudden it seems like, well, I'm feeling everything like it just happened. It's because you activated the yoke you manifested the, the burden and the yoke of that thing that the enemy used. in your life. Well, I'll never forget what so-and-so did to me. And if I ever see them again, I'll know what I'm going to say. Get on the phone with someone and say, hey, tell you how bad that person treated me. Or husbands, wives, someone who took some money from you, never paid you back. You start talking about it, all of a sudden you can feel. You can feel the anxiety. You can, you can feel the, the hurt, the, the yuck about that situation. That is the exact opposite that is the counterfeit for what God had always intended you to, to enjoy and to walk in, that when you share your testimony, 
There is life injections. There is anointing activation. There is power of God, yoke-destroying. Power of God, yoke-destroying. Burden-removing, yoke-destroying. Power of God that is released and activated the moment you share your testimony. You know what? People can argue doctrine, but they can't talk you out of your testimony. No one can tell you that didn't happen. I sat on airplanes talking to people that maybe their religion was Buddha or Muhammad or, you know, some foreign Eastern religion. And I thought, how am I going to talk to this person? You know, I'm not going to tell one scripture. I'm going to tell them what Jesus did and how he healed my body and how good he's been to me. And then all of a sudden you can see their heart turn and open up. Can you pray for my kids? I sure can. I sure can. It's not always about you sharing a scripture. It's just sharing your experience and your testimony that's real to you. Because the thing about it is, it's his testimony. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, listen, I know a whole lot of things. I, I was inspired by the Holy Ghost to write nearly three quarters of the New Testament. But all of that pushed aside. Here's the one thing I got. Jesus Christ and him crucified. Do you realize we're in Sunday morning? People in Asia have already had their, they're, they're already in their nighttime. They've already had Sunday morning service. We're in the middle of ours right now. Do you know the gospel is being preached? God's testimony. You know the testimony of our God. Jesus Christ and him crucified. People around this globe is being translated out of the kingdom of darkness and being translated into the kingdom of his dear son because they heard God's testimony. And when you speak your testimony, it's like God speaking his testimony. There's burner removing, yoke destroying power of God on it. Amen. I have a friend. Praise the Lord. I have a friend. Amen. <laughs> I have a friend who had a, a time of his life. He's, he's a revivalist. He's very hooked up and He's based out of Brother Rodney Howard Brown's church there in Tampa. You know, they're, they're in the middle of, of a six-month revival down there. Four million people are following them. They used to have a couple thousand people following them. Now there's four million people following them. And um, this minister friend of mine, he's also a Rama graduate. He, he, he was into the beginning of his ministry, and he was preaching on healings and miracles and not seeing hardly any healings and miracles. And he was frustrated. I mean, really frustrated. And he said, Lord, if something doesn't change, I'm getting out of the ministry, and I'm going to go back in the NASCAR. His whole family was in the NASCAR. If something doesn't happen, if you don't show me what to do to have miracles, I, I'm out. I'm just going to leave the ministry. He said to the Lord, he said, I'll do anything. I will do anything if you'll just show me what to do. Do you know, family, that it's one thing to say you love the Lord. It's another thing to show God you love him. It's, a, it's one thing to say, God, I'm hungry for you. But how many of you know it's one thing to say you're hungry. It's another thing when you actually are hungry and you show that you're hungry. How much do you want? How much do you want? Do you want just a little bit to just get you by? Or do you want more of what he has already provided? Do you want more? Would you acknowledge that you want more? Is that in your heart? So he was praying, God, show me what the, what the Lord said to him. I want you to get into every one of Brother Rodney Howard Brown's meetings. And every time he has a service, I want you to go there and get in there. I, I know we're already really close to the time which you all would normally get out. Will you, will you go with me a little bit more? Yes. Will, will you go just a little bit further here? Yes. Um, so he's crying out to the Lord, and finally he said that. And so he started going to all these meetings. 
Well, one day after, I mean, weeks and months of doing this, probably six months of doing this, he, he saw no change in his ministry. He's going to all these meetings. He would preach, and then he'd get in a car or plane and go to the other meetings. And one day, him and Brother Rodney Howard Brown is in Daytona Beach, and they're looking at the ocean together. And Brother Rodney said to Richard, he says, well, I got a, I got a meeting tonight. I got to go back to my room and get ready for the service. And he left Richard on the beach. Brother Rodney left, went to the elevator, went to the, up to his room. And when he got to the window inside of his room, he's looking, and he sees Richard standing out there on the beach. And the Lord said this, because he's been following Brother Rodney for at least six months, all of his services he could get into. And the Lord said to Brother Rodney, he goes, go back down there and tell him he's passed the test. He's passed the test. Brother Rodney goes back down the elevator, walks out on the beach, walks up behind my friend Richard and whispers in his ear. And he says, tap, tap, tap on his shoulder. You've passed the test. Now, I need to back out of this a second and, and, and explain something to you. This friend of mine, Brother Richard, we like to play golf together. We were out playing and we're getting ready to have a hamburger before we went and played a round of golf. And I had heard about revivals and healings and miracles. He's made front page news up in New, New England, five-week revival. People coming from around the state to get to his revival. I said, when did all that happen? I'm asking him. Ministers like to hear how other ministers, how they maybe have did something different that activates something. We like those conversations. Mm -hmm. And so I'm asking him, when did this all start? And he said, he said, well, Kevin, he said, I can't tell you that right now. I went, what? He said, I, I can't tell you that right now because if I do, you and I are going to be underneath this table. Mm. What? Say, what? Now, let me tell you what underneath the table means. It's code talk in ministry world for this. I'm going to share my testimony with you. It's going to activate, because the anointing is on my testimony, it's going to activate the anointing. The anointing is going to hit me, then it's going to hit you. We're going to get drunk in the Holy Ghost, we're going to turn over sideways, and we're going to roll out in, onto the floor, and we're going to be underneath this table, drunk in the Holy Ghost, if I tell you my testimony. That's what he was saying. And I'm thinking in my head, you know, aren't you glad there's not a balloon over your head that is telling everybody what you're thinking right now? I mean, aren't you glad that bubble is not real? And I'm thinking in my head, I'm thinking respectfully, dude, do you know who I am? I mean, do you know what I've seen? Do you know what I've experienced? Do you know the men of God that I've been around and heard their testimony? Do you not, in my head, I'm thinking, do you not think I can handle and stand up under the anointing of what you're about to tell me? That's what I wanted to say. And the Holy Ghost says, you better shut up. You better just shut up. And so we played around the golf, come back, and he gets a text from Brother Rodney Howard Brown. Says, hey, can you fill in for me tomorrow on Sunday? He said, I have to be somewhere else. So Richard tells me, he goes, I'm filling in for Rodney at the River Church Sunday night. Um, hey, if you want to hear my testimony, um, we'll be live streaming. So I'm at home. Annie's off doing a meeting on her own. I was home alone. I'm sitting there. I cleaned up the kitchen after dinner. I got my iPad. I'm sitting there. The lights are off. It's just me at the dining room table and my iPad. And all of a sudden, Brother Richard comes on. He starts preaching. I go, well, that's pretty good. So he's doing a good job. He's not doing any better than I would do, but he's doing a good job. You know, just all that competition, you know. He's doing, he's doing, he's doing okay. He's doing good. And then he goes, well, I got to tell you my testimony. Okay. So I'm looking at my iPad. And he grabs an usher, like I did with my brother. I brought him up here. He said, now, uh, he told the whole thing about how frustrated and how tormented he was not having the power of God on his life. He was tormented not seeing what God said is his. And he got hungry. And then he got really hungry. And then he got really, really hungry. And he was tormented about it because he wasn't seeing results. And then he got hungrier and he got hungrier. He wasn't satisfied. There was a longing there's a desire to know God more. He pulled this usher up. He said, Brother Rodney, I, 
I was following him for six months, not seeing any change. But when Brother Rodney came downstairs, he walked up behind me. And he, he brought this usher up, and he, he turned the usher around. And he, he walked up behind him, and he tapped him three times. Tap, tap, tap. He said, you've passed the test. And when he did that to that usher, the power of God came all over this usher. The power of God, I mean, just socked it to him. He went shaking. I mean, he, and he, he was like a messed up person, and he, he just landed on the ground. He goes, Brother Richard, my friend, said, I need another usher. He goes to the other side of the room. He goes, yeah, Brother, brother Usher, right there. C- come on up here. He goes, Brother Rodney walked up behind me, and he tapped me on the shoulder three times. Tap, tap, tap. He said, you've passed the test. And when that came out of his mouth, just having touched him on the shoulder, tap, 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 the power of God hit him. He just, I mean, he just shook the fire of God came on him, and he just went on the, out on the floor, out. He said, I need another usher. Another usher comes up. Brother Rodney walked up to me. I'm staying on the beach. He says, you've passed the test. Bam, out. He starts going through ushers. For the first time ever, my iPad, the power of my iPad went out. I'm sitting in the dark, looking at a black screen with no lights, thinking to myself, maybe it's good he didn't tell me his testimony when I was eating the burger that day. I don't know what your test is. I don't know what you need to pass and get through. But I want to tell you, there's some glory on the other side. I want to tell you that there's a life that you have never experienced that's on the other side of you pressing on through. There's something on the other side of you saying, flesh, you will not dominate me anymore. I have a testimony. I have an encounter with God. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things are washed away, and all things, all things, all things have become new. And you have to embrace that and embrace the grace for that. And when you do, child of God, when you pass that test, when you step on over and say, you watch the next time you say no to what your, your spirit man is saying to say no to, and you say, I'm a God man, I'm a God woman, I see myself just like this brother, and Jesus has stepped on the inside of me. And when you do that, child of God, I want to tell you, something is on the other side. 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 Something is on the other side for you. Something on the other side for you. Begin to write down your vision. Because everything, everything shall come to pass. Write it. Describe it. Define it. Because you will have. You will have in this next phase where you're going. It's not very far away. Ninka prosto lavate. Ha ha ha. So could you just lift your hands for just a moment? You and the congregation. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Now, Lord, you, you said some other things there. What was that? Hallelujah. Hmm. Yeah, and, it, and the things that you have seen and you've witnessed and you've experienced, even in the natural field, will not be wasted time. But the things that you have seen, now the anointing, it will only increase. And the anointing to set people free, the power that will be activated in these hands, these hands transmits delivering your testimony. You have a testimony. Now activate, man of God. Activate.
from a new place, a new place of seeing and knowing and a revelation of what is and is available. Ha, 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 solavete. So write it. Write it, define it, describe it. Begin to dream. Raise the expectation. Hmm. And not only will that carry you through the next few months, uh, and will energize you, and will fill your heart with joy, and fill your heart with such awareness of where you're going, that when he says, now's the time, then you'll be able to activate and walk in more fully all that he has planned. Ha, 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 ha. Full measure coming to you. Two, two, two. Two streams, two offices. You know, and you know, but now comes the Raboshilevete, a full, more fullness of the Braschilevete. For you have no longer and just come up to Rostolevete, but now you step into the Braschilevete and you'll prefasa kotaramene. So you, you've known the two offices, you've known the two flows, and sometimes they merge. But now the Spirit of God is saying that now is coming a fuller measure of both offices. Anointings to minister in both streams of ministry. And so this day, may it be clear in your spirit. Now, no longer have you just gone through these stages that were very necessary. And they were very important to me and to you. For the things that I have prepared that is just ahead for you. There is much, just like the former ministry and former team and, and, and uh, yeah, uh-huh. The former uh, pastor, the former ministry saw in a very extraordinary time with great growth even to a building just like this one, came into the other one. But there's another place reserved for you. And you're going to see, just like there was a first wave of increase and, a, and another time and season where much exponential growth happens, you shall see also, because that was only a shadow of actually that which is to come. So now, as you begin to go forward, there's nothing, I'm declaring unto you this day, nothing restricting on you. And you'll prestelevete, and you'll prestelevete, and stand in the full measure of both of these offices. Ha asturavete kardambostelevete. So be it, Lord. In these hands, Annie, I saw in my spirit you putting your hands on her hands. Hallelujah. Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift of God, which is in you by the laying on of hands. Transferring. Thank you, Lord. Activation. In the very near. Activation. At another. Activation. Could you just lift your hands again? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Ha, If you could see the ministry that you're now a part of, if you could see what he sees, where this ministry is going, what it shall experience, what it shall see. If you could only see in your heart the way he sees it, then you, you would know that you would know that you're a part and you're, you're, you're uh, joined together with a place that will cause great increase. 
Ha, ha, ha. Suravete, kilaban, stokoravete. Great increase. Where there's need for provision, or there's need for vision, there's need, there shall be much provision. Much provision. Much provision. The provision is on the way. The provision is on the way. You'll be able to do everything that God has shown. You're going to be able to do all of it. You're going to be able to do all of it. <laughs> the glory of the latter and the glory of the former coming together. Coming together. Coming together. Coming together. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. It's coming together. Coming together. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. It's coming together. It's coming together for many of you. Hallelujah. If you direct your heart towards him today, I, I see people opening up their heart in this room. That's all he's looking for. That's all to just turn and go in his direction. And when you do, when you do, you begin to see, you begin to see, experience so much more. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Father, if there is anything else here, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Mm. It's good to be in your presence, Lord. Good to be in your presence. Thank you for manifesting, revealing your word like only you can do. Thank you for showing us how to participate. Walking in the anointing, activating the anointing, manifesting your word, manifesting the power of our testimony. Father, we thank you. We thank you that we are, we're, we're laying a hold of this. We're laying a hold of this. We're going to experience this in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Well, we got tonight, don't we? Hallelujah. Anybody excited about coming back and going a little further, going a little deeper, experiencing more of him? Hallelujah. Would you just bow your heads for just a moment? Just close your eyes, reverence the Holy Spirit for just a few moments before we go another direction. Hallelujah.